0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the Mindboggler. So for today's episode, we're actually going to be talking about two cases. One of these cases that we'll be talking about happened as recent as this month, which is May of 2021 and is still an ongoing case. So there won't be too much information being shared by the officials, but we're still going to say what we know about the case because I feel like it's a perfect time to talk about this certain issue and so the first story this is truly the most heart-wrenching case and when i read the case my blood was boiling my stomach was sick and i was so close to throwing up because it's so ridiculous not only what the perpetrator did to the victim but what has been circulating around social media about this case disgusting (laughs) it's truly horrendous and sickening and just beyond disgusting So this case happened just recently and it got pretty popular on TikTok. I've seen a lot of videos talking about this case, specifically how a lot of people reacted to the things of a certain group of people were saying about this case, right? Yeah. On May 9th of 2021, a 13-year-old girl by the name of Tristan Bailey was last seen alive at the Durban Amenity Center and by 10 a.m. the same day, she had been reported missing. And here's what we know about the case since it's only a couple of weeks old and is still ongoing. So Tristan was a 7th grade student at Patriot Oaks Academy in St. Augustine. She lived in a quiet area in St. John's County and was a beloved member of the First Coast cheerleading community. She had already won awards and her coaches recognized her as a leader with a dedicated work ethic and lively personality. A lot of people also mentioned how much of a sweetheart she is and how they miss her bubbly persona. And so on that Sunday afternoon, about 12 hours after she had last been seen, the St. John County Sheriff's Office sent out a notice on social media saying that Tristan was missing and they urged everyone to keep an eye out for her, right? But unfortunately, later that evening, her body was found in a wooded area near a retention pond in her Durban neighborhood. Oh no. The next day, they arrested a 14-year-old boy, a classmate of Tristan by the name of Aiden Fucci, and charged him with second-degree murder because the police have found what they believe to be enough evidence to consider him the prime and only suspect in the murder of Tristan Bailey. So Aiden Fucci, right after he allegedly murdered Tristan, shared a disturbing Snapchat image of himself. The image shows Aiden in the back of a police car making a peace sign with a caption of, "Hey guys." Has anybody seen Tristan lately?
1: What the hell?
0: And they also revealed that there is the surveillance footage that showed Aiden and Tristan walking together in the place where her body was later discovered. A lot of people made a petition on Aiden so that he'd be tried as an adult because they believed that Tristan was also raped. And this speculation actually occurs because of a several disturbing social media posts that a few of Aiden's friends posted. And when I tell you, I nearly cried reading them, keeping in mind these are a bunch of 14-year-old boys. One friend of Aiden posted on Instagram for the caption of hashtag free aiden these people are white by the way free my n-word that girl probably deserve it she should have just let aiden fucked, but she want to be bossy maybe if she wasn't wearing that she wouldn't get raped all she had to do was drop her draws but she refused and now she's a pack speechless it's so crazy yeah Thinking about 14-year-old boys.
1: These are 13, 14-year-old kids. And they act so...
0: I feel like it's because they know a lot of things, you know? Because now you're just forced to know a lot of things. Because that's just the culture now. You have phones, you have very, very... Like, a lot of uh, sources to, like...
1: To get information. They have too much information for their own good.
0: Yeah, they have too much information at their age. And it's it's dangerous to this point, actually. They
1: can't comprehend
0: which is really, really sad. And so a lot of troll accounts are actually created in this circumstance in social media. They use the hashtag of free Aiden, and the purpose of making this account is to discredit Tristan Bailey as a victim. All of my prayers go to the Bailey family. I can only imagine the pain they're going through. Plus these disgusting kids making it worse by spreading these hashtags. Yeah.
1: Oh my god, no. who in their right mind would support a person that mur- first murdered someone, allegedly raped someone? How, how are their parents raising them?
0: Actually, the dad of Aiden Fucci was actually arrested because of a lot of things. He was supporting him? I don't know. But he was arrested because of a lot of other things. Oh, he was actually runs a criminal. in the family, huh? Yeah, I guess it did run in the family. Yeah. Now, we all know that this isn't the first time victims are being blamed or discredited or shamed or even ignored. I'm not trying to make this a feminist issue, but we all must understand how concerning this is even in this age of time. Here's the thing. When people try to speak up about the issue, they're not trying to belittle or blame or disregard a certain group because that's the opposite of what the purpose we're all trying to achieve. The purpose. Purpose of sharing awareness is to give you the understanding that you too must be an advocate in this matter in order for significant change it's so sad to me like when the 97% was going viral the first thing people did was to not acknowledge that it's a fact regardless if it was taken only in a certain area but they as much as they can try so hard to discredit and invalidate the whole issue by making it a competition so what do you think about the 97% and I like think making even- it a- even if they
1: even if they did a research with a small sample 97% is a lot yeah it is a it
0: lot is right a lot. even it, if it's like in a certain area 97% yeah, yeah. is still it, a lot
1: and like i think there are proof that 97% can actually represent a larger sample
0: which is the whole world yeah, yeah. right the
1: whole, whole world i mean whole world as in countries that are highly populated so like yeah
0: a lot of people find the fear of men offensive but they never really reflect on why they're sphere in the first place what do you think about that
1: Girls being fearful of men is very acceptable cuz okay not all men but there are still men to give an example you go to a jungle wouldn't you be scared of what can kill you and what can help you of course you'll be scared because you don't really know and like that's why you have to be aware cautious. we have to be cautious i mean yeah being scared is basic human nature i mean the fear of men should not be offensive to you if you if you're if you're, if you're not somebody to be scared of you know like I, I think like everybody's making this a big deal. Isn't it just straightforward? You do something bad, you get punished. That's it. The end. Like why are they like, oh my god, uh save my friend Aiden well, Aiden, right? His, his yeah. name's Aiden. Yeah, his name is Aiden. Free save Aiden. free Aiden. Like what? He did something he killed someone. And Even raped if them. he's not a kid, he will still be punished.
0: Yeah. yeah, true.
1: He has to be. For those guys who are offended about what I said. I pity you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't quote me on that.
0: (laughs) So here's the thing, according to C4 Fact Check, as a man, you are 230 times more likely to be raped by another man than you are to be falsely accused of rape by another woman. (laughs) What?
1: Okay, go on. Why is it funny? It's funny because like, I mean, every scenario, the perpetrators is always men. makes you wonder.
0: Isn't this a men's issue, right? Is this a men's
1: issue? Is this... I don't think it's a woman's issue.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So the fact is 0.62% of rape charges are falsely accused. 0.62% men, not even a full 1%. And I wouldn't even say that there are many men who are rapists, but there are 160 times more men that are rapists than there are women who are false accusers. A lot of people would disregard a victim, even saying that they're falsely accusing for power. But what power do women actually gain? The way most victims are treated in the media, the public, and the court is abhorrent and almost no one would want to be in that position and honestly it's more of a hassle than anything else in the world because according to rain only one out of 200 rapists face prison time for their action wait what yeah, one, one over one over 200. 1 over 200. Uh, a lot of the times rape cases they don't take them seriously. I feel like it's because it's happening too often in so many, you know, so many different areas in the world. Yeah. That's why like a lot of rapists don't get, you know, the punishment that they <laughs> so deserve. What? Okay. And so back to the Tristan Bailey case, on May 10th, Aiden Fucci was arrested with second-degree murder being the only suspect in the murder of his classmate. And so St. John's County Sheriff's Office announced that Tristan's cause of death was sharp force trauma by stabbing. They didn't Ooh. even mention how many stabs and all they can say is a horrific amount of times. The County Sheriff's Office Director which is a man by the name of howard cole said that the death of tristan bailey is one of the most tragic cases the department has ever had to investigate he said and i quote in my 20 years of investigating homicides this is probably one of the most tragic and difficult case we have to face
1: yeah right. Uh, yeah of course i mean uh, we don't even know how many stabs
0: and the fact that he's 14 years old yeah and so the team investigating this case consists of 80 investigators, a forensic team, and a criminal analysis team. And so there are more than 250,000 people who called in demanding for Aiden Fuji to be tried as an adult. And if he is tried as an adult, he would receive a sentence of life in prison with no possible parole forever.
1: Amen. That's what that's he deserves. That's the price you have to pay.
0: Yeah. But like... Uh you're you're so young you still have a lot of things ahead of you and you're just spending the rest of your life in grade seven
1: grade seven that's crazy
0: that's so crazy right they're like
1: little kids that watch cartoons not cartoons i guess why can't you just occupy yourself and while watching like second cody or something
0: and like the friends the junkies of our friends i hate them so much they should i feel like they should be charged too like spreading those hashtag free aiden is just disgusting yeah yeah and so one thing to keep in mind is that Aiden Fuji showed little to no remorse in his trial? Mm. He even at one point rolled his eyes when they announced about his charges.
1: I guess he got it from his dad,
0: but still, but what we can't is say that? for
1: sure. Mind boggling plug.
0: Okay, that was a pretty heavy case, and I'm glad that I talked about it. We'll be sharing the updates about the case in probably the next few episodes, so stay tuned. And so let's move on to the second case. We're going to be talking about a pretty popular case that happened back in 2010. This case is very interesting because it's mostly about how this very, very strict parents ended up raising a murderer. There's actually a term for strict parents, especially if they're of Asian descent.
1: What tiger parents? Yes. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. How do you know? I think I've heard about it yeah
0: okay and so i feel like the term is also pretty well known well you proved it right when parents are demanding and they push their kids or even pressure them to attain high levels of academic achievements or success in their high status activities such as music you know all that jazz <laughs> to the point that their children may end up having very little to non-social hives and they just become these socially awkward kids those parents are usually called the tiger parents Okay, as far as we know, the term didn't exist until Amy Chua, which is a Yale law professor who writes about her Chinese heritage mm. and the way it has influenced her parenting choices. She published a book called The Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mother. Ooh. And the thing is, strict and emotionally unsupportive parents yeah, is yeah. a very common thing amongst the Asian community. And a lot of the times, it's because, you know, parents believe that that's the formula to attain, like, you know, for high-achieving child prodigy. Right, and so tiger parents and harsh parents are actually alike in that both use negative parenting strategies. But the truth is that researchers actually prove that children with tiger parents reported higher rates of depressive symptoms than children with easygoing and supportive parents, as well as high level of academic pressure and feeling of alienation from parents.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: So here's a total debunk: tiger parents doesn't actually work. Researchers actually prove that it does more harm than good
1: if you're if you have an asian parents who needs bullies in school you have bullies at home (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's
0: so true
1: yeah like bullies in school
0: Bullies at home? Damn.
1: Damn, that's next level.
0: <laughs> so let's continue to the story of Jennifer Pan. This story begins in the heart of Toronto, Canada, with a married couple by the name of Bick Ha and Huey Han Pan. They were classic examples of the Canadian immigrant success story. So Han, he was raised and educated in Vietnam, and he moved to Canada as a political refugee in 1979. As for Bick, she came afterwards also as a refugee. They met in Toronto and got married and had two beautiful children by the name of jennifer and three years later was born a son by the name of felix
1: okay so jennifer has a little, little brother, brother felix so uh, jennifer's uh, parents are first generation asian
0: yes Okay. Immigrants. See, the Pan family has a reputation of being super frugal. You know how Asian parents are. But these parents take the frugal life into another level, I feel like. Although, they do be looking like they live in a pretty lavish life or whatever
1: okay
0: by by 2004 they managed to buy a two-car garage house on a quiet and very safe neighborhood Mm. in markham the dad drove a mercedes-benz and the mom drove a very nice lexus and they have about two hundred thousand dollars in their bank account so Mm -hmm. let's talk more about jennifer since this case is all about her right so jennifer her parents put a lot of expectations on her that she needed to establish on. She was enrolled in piano lessons at the age of four years old, and by elementary school, she'd racked up a trophy case for all of her awards. Of
1: course, of course. That's
0: very Asian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Relatable. She was also a figure skater, and she would compete here and there, and at one point, she was going to compete on the 2010 winter olympics in vancouver but she injured herself like she tore a ligament in oh. her knee which is pretty sad yeah. and so some nights during her elementary school she would come home from skating practice at 10 p.m do homework until midnight and then head to bed so like the pressure was very intense for her and her parents literally drilled her non-stop every day ever since she was very very little right yeah can't relate can't relate like come on what were you doing at the age of four i mean i guess it's pretty common for like asian parents to you know putting their children for lessons i also had piano lessons growing up i had ballet and at one point i have drawing lessons but not to the extent of having to do that every day and i don't have time left for like playing with my friends and stuff it was just all for fun and games for me vibes
1: for me, luckily my parents are actually very chill because of course they've uh, told me to join a lot of lessons like swimming lessons, ice skating once, but I, I failed it, I hated it.
0: <laughs> I'm <eating. laughs> Ice skating? That's pretty fruity.
1: Yeah, okay. I had violin lessons. I'm okay with violin. And math, a lot of math lessons. A yeah, lot of China. Chinese, oh my god, Chinese, Chinese has been my whole childhood. I've been to, I can say more than five different Chinese lessons. Really? Mm-hmm. It was torture.
0: Okay. Did you stop because I looked at you funny?
1: Yeah, you're judging me.
0: I'm not judging you. I'm you're just like, like,
1: what a show-off.
0: What a uh. show-off. Because
1: <laughs> somebody doesn't even know how to speak Chinese. I guess someone's jealous.
0: Um. No, I'm not jealous. No, oh, okay. Uh, you know, I have English, so I'm okay I also with have English. It. Okay, but like... I have better English than you do. Okay. You should say I have better Chinese than you do. I don't even speak Chinese at all. I know. Okay, so moving on, bitch. And so fast forward to her grade 8 graduation, she was expected to be named as valedictorian and to collect a handful of medals for her academic achievements, but she received none. (gasps) And she wasn't named valedictorian. She was very, very devastated because she tried so hard to get with her parents' standards. She barely even has time for herself, right? Which is, wow, I can't even imagine if that was me. A Sagittarius can never do that. I looked her birth chart up, and it turns out she's a Gemini Sun and a Libra Moon. <gasps>
1: I don't get it. Okay, go on.
0: But she has a lot of cancers, though, in her chart. So I'm surprised that she's okay. a little bit, you know. Psychopathic? Okay. No offense to all the cancer community, though. And so comes high school, and she went to this Catholic school by the name of Mary Ward Catholic Secondary in north of Scarborough. And you know how Catholic schools are? It's some kind of an
1: cult.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's some kind of anomaly. Like usually they have high academic standards, very mm-hmm. strict dress code, and like some kind of a bohemian vibe. Very I guess very preppy very preppy yes and the school if you're a big nerd who's like really smart who plays three or more instruments you're considered as cool
1: you're considered cool
0: yeah if you're a big nerd you're considered as cool so it was this perfect community for a student like jennifer right jennifer is actually five foot seven she's as tall as me you guys she's She's pretty tall tall, Uh uh-huh and is actually taller than most of the asian girls in her school she rarely wore makeup she kept her hair straight and she doesn't style it and she also had a reputation of being very smart in middle school even though she wasn't valedictorian (laughs) lol (laughs) but she was the talk of the school for being really really smart she was a straight-a student you know but the thing is in high school her grades started to drop she failed some classes when before she was averaging 70% in all subjects where she excelled.
1: Wait, wait, 70% is good or bad?
0: It's good. It's, it's very good. good.
1: That's it's not the Asian parents I know. 90%, no less.
0: <laughs> Maybe it's different than here, I don't know. And the reason for this is because she had too much pressure from her parents. Her oh. parents did not let her do anything, they didn't let her have any social life whatsoever. She wasn't allowed to go out or to go to prom or to go to homecoming or to have a boyfriend. Literally, no distractions whatsoever, that's right? That's
1: how Asian parents save money.
0: Really? Because, <laughs> no, <I don't>
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess going out is pretty expensive, right?
0: Okay, that's very, very Asian what you're saying right now.
1: I can relate because when I go out, I,
0: when you go out, you splurge I know. now, I guess. So you can not relate in what point?
1: I can relate because going out takes a lot of money.
0: Especially when you're the one who pays for everything.
1: Yeah. Right?
0: Thank you so much. <laughs> and so because of the fear of her parents, she started to form this habit. So she would get a former report card. You know, and she would print out numbers and cut them and glue them onto it and photocopy it so you can't like see Mm. the tape and everything, right? And so when she was in the babe, it has to be closer to me because I'm the star of the show. All right, all right. (laughs) And so be uh, wait, wait, wait
1: our show can't even talk properly
0: shut up and so when she was in the 11th grade she was like in this orchestra right Mm. where they had to perform abroad and she told her parents about it and it was actually the first time ever her parents let her go out somewhere as far as going abroad only because her parents thought that it would be good for her college application right and so she went and after the performance she started having asthma because the concert hall was filled with like smokers and everyone was like are you okay do you need us to call the hospital you should go outside for some fresh air right and so she went outside but she wasn't alone she was accompanied by a senior with the name of daniel wong
1: daniel wong
0: yeah daniel had a reputation of being this goofy gregarious wide smiled senior with a little ponch around his waistline. And, you know, after he calmed Jennifer down, coaching her breathing and stuff, they started to form some kind of a romantic connection. But for...
1: He saved her life
0: Oh my god Yeah
1: emotional connection
0: Oh my god That's literally What she's gonna say Okay like for Jennifer It was more than that Jennifer was like obsessed See the thing is This is the thing With kids who turn out To be socially awkward Because of no socialize. Like they can misinterpret (laughs) A lot of things Because they're not used To being around people You know Uh, Cause like Jennifer She said to a few Of her friends That Daniel Practically saved her life And it meant Everything for her Right He was the one yeah <laughs> come on like he just helped you breathe i mean i have asthma and i don't fall in love with everyone who's helped me breathe yeah, come on like come on that is just so crazy and so they started dating and it's crazy because if you can put up with like jennifer pan you should be in the same level of her, oh. right? like in a <laughs> that's same- mean no i mean like if you that's go out with a nerd you would probably be a nerd too <gasps> you're probably
1: guys comment down below how to cancel her
0: <laughs> no that's so mean i'm just speaking facts Okay. you know. And so they started dating. And it's crazy because the one pan family major rule is no dating. Uh-huh. And so Jennifer hid the whole relationship from her parents and they started dating on the low. I mean, we've all been there. Maybe it's because I have strict Asian parents, you know, I don't know. But would you not let your kids date though?
1: I would let them.
0: Yeah, like, nah. would you be that typical Asian parent no, who no. wouldn't let their kids date? And it gets worse because Daniel, as his side hustle, he is an active marijuana dealer. Oh, he... when was this?
1: <laughs> what, what year is this? 2010?
0: Yeah, 2010.
1: Okay.
0: He is a pot dealer, whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what would you do if your daughter was dating a pot dealer? <laughs>
1: That's like the worst nightmare Asian parents can have. Yeah,
0: I know, right? <laughs> like, my Asian parents would kill me. Okay, back to the story. She started doing really bad at school. Her grades were awful at the time she was a senior. She was still dating Daniel though, and she applied colleges after colleges, and she actually got into one. But because she failed her calculus exam... Oh
1: no, calculus. Yeah,
0: but because she failed her calculus exam, the college actually had to rescind their offer to her, leaving her with no college to attend. 10, <gasps> wait is- what yeah she a
1: re- like a nerd g- not getting accepted to colleges not
0: even not, not even, even preferred one? colleges any college any wow and instead of applying to other colleges or telling her parents asking for help she decided to just drop out of high school completely wait what imagine not getting into the college that you know so
1: you then just drop out that's it no
0: because in her situation she was forging you know grades so she's not doing good she faked being good and if she you know she told her parents she would have to tell everything Everything, right yeah and that would be the end of her you know what i'm saying what's the
1: worst they can do hit her with a belt (laughs) come on or like what ground her for life she's gonna move out anyways
0: (laughs) well i don't Uh, know maybe as a kid i mean i was I feel like I relate to her in some level because I was in that situation too, you know? Like, I wouldn't, like, tell my parents if I was, like, doing bad at school. Like, the fear is eating you alive. It makes you do all this stupid stuff. Especially, I don't know, maybe the extent of her tiger parents is, like, crazy for her to, like, do that, you know?
1: I I can never relate.
0: And I feel like this is what strict parents actually lead to. It just, you know, lead to your kids being distant and would literally not tell you anything because of fear. Mm, and yeah. it's sad. And of course, she didn't tell her parents about this because her parents would be fumed if they ever find out about this, right? And so she started forming another habit, which is lying to her parents about going to school. When in reality, she was going... Selling pot. no No, she was going either to cafes or visit york to meet up with daniel and at one point she even goes to like libraries so she could surf the internet and search up the subject that she would study in school and make copies of notes about it so she could later tell her parents
1: just so much work
0: (laughs) that's all the work she does actually true and so after a while, she's been doing that. She was like, okay, I need a break from being with my parents all the time because it's driving me crazy, right? And so she had to ask her parents if she could stay at one of her friends' house by the name of Topaz. And she said that it's because the campus and her house is pretty far and most of the time she'd get exhausted on the way back. And so her parents let her do that. They let her stay at Topaz's house for a few days of the week. But really, she wasn't at her friend's Topaz's house. There was no Topaz. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) yeah right like out of every name in the
1: world
0: why not sarah
1: sarah why not like Like
0: kimberly
1: claire chloe chloe
0: she chose topaz Topaz.
1: sounds caribbean
0: So she wasn't at Topaz, there was no Topaz, she was just at Daniel's house, Uh right? Getting high and all that bullshit, you know what I'm saying? And so she started lies after lies, saying that she was volunteering for sick kids. So (laughs) so she had to like stay in the hospital volunteering for sick kids she said to her parents right you know saying that she had to study late for campus etc but in reality she was only staying with her drug dealing boyfriend Hmm. daniel and this actually went on for another four years four years it wasn't like a couple of months things it was four years and so four years later it was time for her to you know graduate yeah graduate from fake college right and so she paid someone to like make a fake diploma and everything right which is super crazy her parents never attend her graduation because she said that they were out of seats and stuff
1: okay how dense can you be to not know what your own child is doing as a parent you're so irresponsible
0: and for four years for no
1: for more for since what high school
0: It, it is true yeah which is crazy and so one day her dad Han was a little bit suspicious of her because he noticed that she didn't have any key cards and she was saying that she worked in this big hospital for sick kids right etc and every day when she leaves work she wasn't wearing any uniform no key cards no you know lab jackets and everything right and so Han the dad was like okay something is up you know and so one day he offered to take her to work and of course she couldn't like say no or anything right and so big and han big is the mother Mm -hmm. which are her parents (laughs) yeah yes yes drove her to the hospital and as soon as the car was going to stop so the car wasn't stopping it was going to stop she opens the car door slams it and yeah and sprinted straight into the hospital and in that moment her parents knew what was going on you know they're not the stupidest people in the world right And so Bic, the mom, went inside to check what was going on. But Jennifer hid herself in the waiting room for hours and decided that she wasn't going to go back home for a couple of days, right? Because she didn't want to face her parents. Yeah, okay. And so eventually, she had to come back home. And this was when she truly faced her parents because her facade, her whole charades was over. Mm -hmm. So they knew everything from her dropping out of high school, the fake diploma, the fake graduation, to the fake job she had in the hospital, right? And they also knew that she was still seeing Daniel, a drug dealer, which is super crazy. Then she had to confess everything. She had to confess about, you know, she's actually a waitress and a piano teacher. And so at first, her dad was about to kick her out of the house. But here's the thing. Han is like those typical tiger parent. You know, the classic strict Asian parent. While Bik, her mom, was like this reluctant accomplice. Sort of like a good cop, Mm. bad cop. And her mom is the good cop, right? And although all of her life, Jennifer was literally monitored every day, Parties were off limits. Boyfriend were forbidden until after university, you know? And like by the age of 22, by the age of 22, she's never been to clubs with her friends ever. Never gone on vacation without her parents. Never anything ever.
1: It's a blank slate in a way.
0: Yeah, she's literally missing out on everything because even in those four years, she was only spending all of her times with Daniel.
1: Oh my God! I can't imagine like okay from a, a very strict Asian parents to a drug dealer. That's the only world she knows.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. No
1: others. It makes her horizon very small. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's true. As I said, her mom is sort of like a good cop. She actually wanted more freedom for her children, right? And so she talked Houn out of wanting to kick Jennifer out of the house. And this lead to even more tyranny for Jennifer. It was like prison. Mm-hmm. They took away her cell phone, her computer, and they monitor every single thing mm-hmm. she's doing. No friends. She's never allowed to see Daniel ever again, right? And all she can do from there on out is to study.
1: Okay, we talked about Jennifer. What happened to the brother? Where is the brother in the, the story? The brother is
0: actually growing okay. Oh,
1: okay, good for him.
0: <laughs> I guess there's there's a thing because, you know, with Tiger parents, there's actually like this imbalance of treatments. True right True. so jennifer she might be more pressured because she's of mm, course she's the like oldest. the oldest mm-hmm. and okay so honestly this story is super relatable i mean i have super strict asian parents growing up maybe you can even call them tiger parents i don't know i wasn't allowed most of the times my phone will be taken away from me for a few days of the week oh no yeah Yeah, I had to like take piano lessons and other lessons like math and everything, right? No boyfriends, no late night stuff. And whenever I break the rules, they do the same thing Jennifer's parents did, which is making the charges higher or like in a sense, you know? And guess what? That just made me more rebellious. I found ways to sneak out, to sneak my phone out, and I lied about so many things. And so I totally, totally understand what Jennifer was going through. So, okay.
1: <laughs> Don't set her as an example.
0: Okay, I was like, but you know what, now that I... Okay, okay, now,
1: do you think it was a good thing you did all that? Or could you have done anything different?
0: If I didn't do what I did, I wouldn't know about a lot of stuff in the world.
1: Oh yeah, I guess, that's true.
0: Also, if I didn't do what I did, I wouldn't have any friends. Mm, yeah. So then it gets worse and worse every day. She started to sneak her phone out to call Daniel in the middle of the night every day, whispering and stuff, right? And then she started to sneak out of her house to meet him. So at one point, she even got caught by her parents and she got in so much trouble, right? And this was when Daniel was like, okay, I've had enough of this. Right? Like, I'm in my 20s. I'm not in high school anymore. Stop doing this high school shit to me. Like, you know? And so she broke up with her.
1: He broke up with her.
0: Yeah. He broke up with her, telling her that he couldn't do this anymore because it's so crazy. Like, he kept saying that he needed a real girlfriend, right? Not someone who's grounded every day of her life, you know? Yeah. Which is super inconsiderate and sad in my point of view. Like, for me, as someone who's been through that, you know, I was sneaking my phone. (laughs) to like chat with this certain boy and if someone would to do that to me i would be devastated because you know
1: yeah can't relate though
0: boo and i just want you to keep in mind that there are they're not teens anymore right they're like in their early 20s at this point and jennifer is still getting grounded like she's in elementary school which is super (laughs) sad and so she was devastated because Daniel is literally the only person she had left she didn't have any (laughs) friends and at that point she didn't even know who she was anymore, right? oh yeah and so the next thing she's going to do you're gonna see how she really has little to non-social skill because I feel like she did this because she doesn't know how to like properly communicate like hearing this it just feels a little bit cartoony in a sense, you know I feel like she just picked this up from movies or something because it was just weird you
1: that's know? that's that's cause because that's everything she knows.
0: And so Daniel, right after he broke up with Jennifer, he started seeing a girl by the name of Christine. Christine. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Jennifer was really, really just devastated, right? And so this is when it started to go downhill because she was starting to lose all of her marbles at this point. So she decided to win Daniel back. And how she did it is that, well, she thought to herself, maybe I should make up a story about some dudes barging into my sweet home and sexually assaulting me until Daniel that it was Christine who sent them.
1: Whoa, everything about her is a lie.
0: Yeah. She this became this compulsive liar. liar, right? And so she did that. She called Daniel, you know, okay. with the frantic voice. She was like telling him, oh my God, oh, there was yeah, some dudes, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, coming in who barged in and sexually assaulted me and left a box filled with bullets like a threat or something, right? And she went, I know who did this. It was your girlfriend, Christine.
1: Okay, okay.
0: And you know, this story was made up, obviously. Uh-huh. But I don't understand how Daniel believed in this. Why would you believe in the shenanigans? I I can't even.
1: Okay, Daniel is so so stupid. And
0: I realized maybe Daniel is also weird, you know, as weird as Jennifer, Mm. to like manage to keep up with her bullshit for more than four years. And so because of that, Daniel and Jennifer got back together. They got back together.
1: (laughs) And he left Christine?
0: Yeah, he left Christine for Jennifer because of that. I mean, if someone, if your ex were to tell you that,
1: I mean, the first thing I I, I would
0: do, I would, I would hang up.
1: I would like what? Block this? Oh my! It's so scary. I mean, like no. I
0: mean, like the first thing you would do is to verify whether or not uh, it's true. You want to go to the police? You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: Just call somebody. But why me?
0: (laughs) Yeah, and like telling you, (laughs) and then couldn't you call your
1: parents?
0: And so fast forward to 2010, Jennifer reconnected with her elementary school friend by the name of Andrew. And it's so weird because Andrew kept on bragging about the crime he was doing in his life. Crime? Crime, yes. (laughs) He was doing all crazy crime. He would rob people and put gunpoint on people's head without getting caught and jennifer didn't find it weird which is crazy and they just bonded <laughs> they just bonded because both of them are like you know kind of sharing their struggles in life you know and at one time andrew was like sharing his you know struggles with her and etc right saying that he was so mad at his dad that he wanted to kill him oh. but i feel like that's just a figurative like expression yeah, yeah. Like he was like, damn, I'm gonna kill him. I wish I could kill him, right? And mm. this clicked something inside of Jennifer's insane mind. She was like, hmm, <gasps> what I can if-? do that. Yeah. She was like, What if I could kill my dad? You know what oh I'm saying? Gosh and so they talked about this she was like maybe i should kill my dad for real and andrew was willing to help by kind of introducing her to one of his friends by the name of ricardo durkin but she needed to pay like 1500 up front and pay the rest of the money later after you know it's done so the plan is she was trying to make it seem like it was a robbery or something right but Mm -hmm. the thing is after getting the money andrew just ran away And it was (laughs) and was unable to be contacted again. So they, yeah, you know, he scammed her. And so Andrew kind of just ran away with the money and, you know, was never to be seen again. But the idea of killing her parents was still stuck in her brain. So she did a little calculating and called Daniel about the plan, saying that if her parents were dead, she would get half a million dollars because of the insurance money, right? Yeah. And so she was like, you know, we can live in this house. We can drive around the Merck, You know what I'm saying? And just live happily ever after. And Daniel was like, yeah, that's a great idea. You know what I'm saying? You know, you have to be the same level of crazy to think that. that's a great what? idea. <laughs> and so he bought her a burner's phone. So whenever they want to talk about the plan, they would text him that phone, right? Yeah, yeah. And they planned this for a while. And Daniel, you know, because he's a drug dealer and he has a, like, you know, he hangs out around the same genre of people. He introduced Jennifer to a man by the name of Homeboy.
1: Homeboy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they call him Homeboy. <laughs> but his real name is Lenford Crawford. <laughs>
1: Lenford Crawford. I guess. I I get why he changed his name to Homeboy.
0: <laughs> and so Jennifer asked him what you know what the going rate was for a contract mm-hmm. killing, right? As if it's like a casual thing. Hey. Yeah. What's the rate for like?
1: What's your rate card?
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's your rate card? Yeah. Yeah. And Homeboy was like, it's usually about $20,000, right? But because you're a friend of Daniel, you get a 50% off. Oh you get a 50% off Yeah (laughs) And so he said It could be done for $10,000, right? $5,000 for each parent (laughs) Okay And on Halloween night Homeboy visited Jennifer's neighborhood To scout her You know, to scout the site And everything, right? And a few days later This is just getting worse and worse Because Daniel texted Jennifer Like out of nowhere That he was seeing Christine again Wait, what? Yeah, he was seeing Christine again whilst they were still being in an off-again, on-again relationship, right? And Jennifer was of course devastated. She said to Daniel to like call it off with homeboy. And then Daniel asked back saying, I thought you were doing this for you, you know? You're doing this for your freedom. Yeah but then jennifer went i am but then i have nowhere to go i have nobody else in this world so the thing is it just seems like she's doing all these things for the sole purpose of being with daniel right and like you know believe it or not i kind of know how it feels because it's like you know daniel is like a piece of happiness she has in the world i feel like at that point she doesn't even have herself right that's actually what very strict parents does i mean i relate to it because i feel Mm -hmm. like i've been in that position it's like because your emotional needs are never fulfilled filled you know from like the beginning of your existence since you were a little girl even just a tiny amount of like emotional engagement from other people is overwhelming and because you're not used to that it just feels really good and you don't want that to go away forever these tiger parents you know these tiger parents make insecure children and insecurity can make you go an extra mile for just a little thing i feel like i have a say on that because i was once that girl I know how bad it can feel and how you can, like, do all these stupid stuff. I feel like she's just insanely misunderstood. Like, she has Mm, nobody and wasn't allowed to have anybody. She doesn't even have, you know, her parents. Like, emotionally and as harmless as it sounds, it actually creates a lot of damage. Emotional needs in children have to be met because, you know, if not, it can, like... you alive from the inside in the sense you'll lose sight of who you are you'll become emotionally immature so i can totally understand how she was feeling especially getting treated like that until in your 20s yeah i can't imagine and so then she answered to daniel like yes i'm doing this for my own freedom and so the next day daniel texted i did everything and lined it up all for you so just say when it's go time right Mm -hmm. and on the morning of november 8th jennifer texted back after work will be go time. Okay. And so that evening, Jennifer was watching Gossip Girl in her bedroom while her dad was reading the Vietnamese news down the hall before heading to bed around 8 30 p.m., right? And her mom was out line dancing with a friend and cousin. And Felix, her younger brother, was currently studying engineering at McMaster University, so he wasn't living in the house currently, right? At about 9 30 p.m., her mom came home from her line dancing class, changed into her pajamas, and soaked her feet in front of the TV on the main floor. And at 9 at 35 pm a man by the name of David, which is a friend of Homeboy, called Jennifer and they spoke for nearly about two minutes. And after the call, Jennifer went downstairs to say goodnight to her mother. And then she went to unlock the front door. And now, it's 10.02pm. Jennifer was already inside her bedroom and she was doing this thing that the police believe to be a signal to tell homeboy and his fellas that it's go time. So what she did is she would switch on the light on her study room and then switch it off again after a minute. And so at 10.05 p.m., she had another call from David. They spoke again for about three and a half minutes. What did they speak about? Nobody knows. Oh, okay. And so moments later, three guys, which are homeboy, David, and a third guy by the name of Eric Cardi walked through the front door, and three of them were carrying guns. One person pointed his gun at Jennifer's mother while another one ran upstairs, shoved a gun at Jennifer's dad's face and directed him out of the bed, down to the stairs into the living room. And so upstairs, Eric was in front of Jennifer outside of her bedroom door. He tied her arms behind her using a shoelace and directed her back inside where she handed over approximately $2,500 in cash. And then she led him into her parents' bedroom when she then gave him a thousand and a hundred dollars in her mother's nightstand. And then finally to the kitchen to search for her mother's wallet, right? Okay. And at this time, it was just crazy and frantic. Her parents were just screaming like, how could they get inside the house? And the dad was like, I don't know, I was asleep. And the three of the dudes were like, shut up, you talk too much, right? And they were speaking in Cantonese. Like the dudes were like, where's the fucking money? And the dad told them that he only got $60 inside of his wallet, right? And the dudes were like, liars, liars. It was really, really sad because then the mom started to weep and pleaded like, please take anything, but please don't hurt my daughter.
1: Please oh, don't no. hurt my daughter.
0: Uh, which is really sad.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I hate Jennifer.
0: So they led both of her parents down to the basement where they covered their heads with blankets and shot them. The dad was shot twice on the face and shoulders and the mom three times on the head and was killed instantly. And Jennifer at this point was like fake tied to like a stairs banister, right, with Mm -hmm. a shoelace. And she reached down her pocket to get her phone so that she could like call 911, you know what I'm saying? And she was crying for help, she was saying like, i don't know where my parents are please hurry i don't know who these guys are you know what i'm saying and at the 34 second mark of the call something unexpected happens What? because in the background you can hear someone just moaning just like oh just moaning you know what happened continue it wasn't jennifer it wasn't jennifer you can hear the dad Moaning in the background, he was still alive. He was still
1: alive with a shot from the head in the yeah, head.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was still alive and he had awoken, covered in blood, with his dead wife's body next to him. Oh. And it turned out he had crawled up to the stairs to the main floor. And Jennifer, seeing this, she was in shock. She was like, Oh, uh, dad, it's okay, it's okay, I'm calling 911. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay, dad, it's okay. But the dad, at this point, this is a clear sign of like how he felt at that time, right? Mm-hmm. He did not check on Jennifer. He immediately crawled and stumbled outside and screamed for help to the neighbors. Uh. And the neighbor at that time was just going out to work. And the neighbor called 911 immediately. An ambulance came and he was rushed to the nearby hospital with a helicopter because of- Yeah, yeah, of course, emergency. And so after, the regional police interviewed Jennifer just before 3 a.m. And she told them that the man had entered the house looking for money, tied her into the banister, and taken her parents to the basement and shot them. Two days later, the police brought her in again to give her second statement. With the request, she showed how she contorted her body to get her phone out of her pockets, right? Okay. Because she was tied, you know, she was tied in a banister. Mm -hmm. Now, at this point holes actually began to emerge in jennifer's story of like course. for example the keys to her dad's lexus were in plain view like in plain sight by the front door right mm-hmm. and if it were true that it was a home invasion why did the intruders not take the car yeah. and why didn't they have like a crowbar to get in or a backpack to carry the loot and everything right or like zip ties to restrain the residents yeah yeah
1: Why shoelace?
0: And why shoelace? And the fact that she told that to the police is just so stupid, right? And most importantly, why would they shoot two witnesses but leave one unharmed? Yeah and so the police started to assign a surveillance team to monitor jennifer's movements right Mm -hmm. and so by november 12th her dad finally woken up from his three-day induced coma and he had a broken bone near his eye bullet fragments lodged in his face that the doctors couldn't remove it was so crazy too because it turned out he remembered everything including these two troubling details so he recalled seeing jennifer chatting softly like a friend with one of the intruders and how Uh. her arm were not tied behind her back while she was just walking around the house. So she was just casually walking around the house with no care because she thought, they're going to be dead in a few hours.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: (sighs) And so the police then brought her back for her third interview. But this time, they developed a different tone because the detective, which is a man by the name of William Goetz,
1: of course, of course, said
0: that he knew she was involved in this crime.
1: Oh... That'll make her pressured.
0: And so the detective said that it was her best interest if she could like just confess right away, right? Yeah. And so Jennifer, being very scared at that time, hunched over and sobbing, like asked repeatedly, but what happens to me? But what happens to me? What about me?
1: Everybody's, uh, okay. (laughs) Like you didn't need to go that far. Like, come on. Every Asian parents are like that she's so selfish
0: yeah yeah she's
1: very selfish
0: as asians ourselves i mean i have tiger parents and i you know sometimes i do feel like i resent my parents in a sense or another or like whatever like i feel like i don't go to the extent of wanting to kill them it's just crazy
1: her horizon is very small
0: like what's the worst that can happen from like strict parents they probably just become someone they don't want to be or you know doctors
1: depressed whole life okay that's it
0: that's it you know (laughs) depressed their whole life no like they don't become murderers they become rebellious yeah and so four hours into the interview she tried to like change the whole story all over again she was like listen Mm. you got it all wrong you know Mm. yes i know the intruders yes i gave them money but Where was I? Okay, so she was like, yes, I give the money, but they weren't supposed to kill my parents. Oh. They were supposed to kill me. And so the police were like, what are you talking about, right? Like, what? And so she went, okay, so I was depressed. I was depressed to the point that I wanted to kill myself, but I don't have the balls to do that. So I hired a hitman to shoot me while I was asleep. But then on September, I changed my mind because it turns out my relationship between me and my dad got better. And so I called them and told them, you know, game's off. It's off. I don't want to do this again. You know what I'm saying? And so she was like, I tried to stop them, but I guess they just mix their wires and stuff, you know? i guess it's just a big misunderstanding and so that was how she was trying to spin the story around and of course the police didn't buy it i mean who would buy that at this point yeah, yeah, yeah. right <laughs> it's just this messed up you know? i
1: mean this story is so random like
0: it's so weird because like mixed wires come on
1: come
0: on she actually said mixed wires to the police <laughs> can you believe it <laughs> Finally, the cops arrested her, of course, and they analyzed the burner's phone and everything. And within a couple of months, they managed to arrest the three intruders, which are homeboy, Eric, and Daniel. Um, they're all charged with first-degree murder, with the punishment of life sentence, with no possible parole for 30 years, attempted murder for Hui Han Pan, also life sentence, and conspiracy of murder. So they have a possibility of parole in 30 years if they've been good, but, you know, who knows, right? Yeah. And so Jennifer, she wasn't allowed to reach out to her family ever again. No calls, no texts, no letters. Her brother ended moving to like the East Coast of the US to get away from all the stigma and, her, uh, you know, and yeah, depression, yeah. right? And her dad, her dad was like, you know, he was recovering and said that he hopes her well and to be happy. And, you know, he just hopes yeah. she learns her lesson in prison. He also said that the day he lost his wife, he lost his daughter too. Ooh which yeah. is really, really just super sad.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: yeah. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Stay tuned for the next one. It's pretty long, huh? Yeah.